welcome back to the Queuing Up podcast. I am your co-host, Robert Jones. Um, I'm with you here today with nobody other than myself. All right, let's get in. I'm okay, kidding. first off, um, <laughs> as you noticed, he hasn't done an intro in a while, so he kind of stuttered yeah. and kind of ummed a little bit. But I was yeah. seeing how, you know, you know, you, it's kind of like when you watch your kid and you teach them a trick. You let them grow. You let them, like, experience. That was the worst thing I've seen in my life. And he just goes ahead and skips me. If yeah. you don't know me by now, it's, you know, the host, Damien Roach Jr. And I was just letting him intro because, you know, I thought it'd be funny. But no, this dude just apparently is like, I own this place now. Anyways, but uh, would you like to explain today's episode since I'm kind of uh, like giving you the leeway to try to get back into it? Try yeah, to get the uh, we are continuing talking about the new D&D set for Magic the Gathering or Magic the Gathering Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. Uh, today we're going to be talking about planeswalkers, which there was one for each color, so in total five. And then we're going to be talking about the new commanders. They're going to be coming out in the presets, which there's four of the presets. There'll be four commanders to talk about. Mm-hmm. So in total, we're going to be talking about around nine cards. Planeswalkers probably won't take us too long, just because a lot of them were pretty bad. Yeah, in our opinion, even the best one isn't even like that the greatest game breaking. Um, so they probably won't take us that long. But the commanders, though. Boy, do we have a lot to talk about. So yeah, we'll be going from what we believe to be the worst commanders to, or not commanders, the worst planeswalkers to the best planeswalkers. So Rob here will be starting off. And believe it or not, yeah, <laughs> green is actually the worst one. Yeah, I don't think green is going to be too good. So, uh, because so. the because the green planeswalker kind of, it, it limits you where you have to be, like pretty much have a lot of dungeon synergy. So, anyways, this green one is Eliwick Tumblestrom. Uh, she's a bard. Um, I mean, the artwork, she's a bard. It doesn't say she's a bard. I mean, the guitar, a- the guitar or the little thing she has in her. I never knew what that is, but that little instrument she has. <laughs> I know people are going to be like, it's yeah. not a guitar. I'm just like, I don't care. It looks like a smaller version of a guitar. It's a flute. All right. Uh, <laughs> I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> but anyways. Um it's a four uh, drop for those. Yeah, wondering. it's a four. Yeah, sorry, it's a four drop. She's two green, two any color. Uh, her she's her starting loyalty is four. Uh, her plus one ability is venture into the dungeon, which we explained on the last episode. So we, if you don't know what that is, go check that out. Yeah, go check out the first episode when we started talking about this new set. Uh, it'll talk about what venture into the dungeon is. Uh, her minus two. Uh, look at the top six cards of your library. You may reveal a creature card from among them and put it into your hand. If it's legendary, you gain three life. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. So it's just kind of like digging for cards. And it's not too great but as it, compared to like what green could do. Because because green has a lot of card draw in it, but like even mono green has a lot of card draw in it. Like it you, would it would make sense. Looking at the like, top six cards of putting a creature card in your hand, like you might as well just be drawing cards. Yeah, I think personally <laughs> if it was like look at the uh, top six cards, if it's legendary you gain three life. If it's a land, you put it onto the battlefield kind of thing. That'd be cool. Like just make it a ramp again. Like that's what green's known for yeah. is ramping. And then her ultimate per se, uh, her minus seven loyalty, you get an emblem with creatures you control have trample and haste and get plus two plus two for each differently named dungeon you've completed. Well, guess what? I'm only using you for your emblem. So yeah. give me a two, two with trample and that's it. But even, but even then there's only three different dungeons in this set. So total you're getting plus six, six plus six. six. With trample and haste, that's, that's still that, pretty good that's, though. That's, that's like a if you get your ultimate skewed swarm. Yeah, if if you don't have a way to proliferate, you're having you're you're you have to use your plus one ability three times, three times, and then be able to actually. Did you even use your, say what her first one was on turn eight? 
Yeah, her first one was Venture to the Dungeon. Okay, yeah. I just want to make sure. Yep. But yeah, she's, in my Not opinion, my opinion, late. very slow. Her plus one is pretty dope, though. Being able to like just go into a dungeon. You know, just go into a dungeon for each time you activate this Planeswalker. Um, but again, like she won't really fit in anywhere unless you're running like a Venture into the Dungeon synergy deck, which at this point in time in standard, because the, the this set was released online in uh, MTG Arena, at this point in time, the best Venture in the Dungeon like synergy deck or the one that's like focused around venturing in the dungeon is black white mm -hmm. green is nowhere in there so like it's it's kind of I, she's just garbage in my yep. opinion yeah the only thing that she could be useful for is her minus seven but that's but even then you'd have to be venturing into the dungeon <laughs> i would hope so at least <laughs> so but anyways that's green yeah it's uh overall it's just not good. Like, it's, it's it doesn't not, do anything green not. does where you put mm -hmm. something on the battlefield, you make something bigger. It's like very even, underwhelming even it's like too. emblem is kind of just trash. I mean, I, I feel like the only thing good about this planeswalker is when it hits the field, no one's gonna be doing anything about they it. They just don't and, care. And you might be able to actually get your ultimate off. I know some people are gonna be like, Well, what about no? We do not care. But by but by, by, by turn eight, it'd be like, Oh wait, yeah, I forgot that was on there crap he's gonna be able to use her ultimate now <laughs> be like sure whatever <laughs> but on to the next one shockingly enough black usually you'd be like oh you thought black is one of like the better colors i know it's crazy but let's explain why so lolf i think it's how you say it lolith lolf 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 spider queen five drop two black three of any color uh whenever a creature you control dies put a loyalty counter on lolf spider queen she comes in with four so you know if you have like sacrifice deck or something she can get pretty high pretty quickly uh, zero, you may draw a card and lose one life. Draw engine, not bad. Mm -hmm. Negative three, create two, two black spy, two, two, one. There you go. Black <laughs> spider creature tokens with menace and reach. Her negative eight is you get an emblem with whenever an opponent is dealt combat damage by one or more creatures you control. If that player lost less than eight health or life this turn, they lose that life equal to the difference. Yeah. So, so is it like, say, if if you deal if you have the emblem and you deal one damage to an opponent, they lose an extra seven health to get to eight. Well, I guess that's not bad. It's not bad, but the most that she's doing is dealing eight to a player each turn. That's if you have a creature on board. By the time you get her ability, but that's only if it's less than eight. That means her emblem wouldn't proc. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, I guess if you put in a Rakdos deck, it might actually not be that bad. I mean, Scorch Spitter's hitting you for that, that, one and that, one, and then it's going to hit you for another, that, what? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm seven. saying. That's what I'm saying, because if you put in her Sacrifice deck, she can actually, like, get her loyalty up pretty high. Yeah, is that pretty combat? Quick. No, combat damages of a creature hits you, not the ability of the creature. So Scorch Spitter's... Yeah, whenever an opponent is dealt... Oh, yeah, it is combat damage. Yeah, Never so, mind, this yeah. is trash. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so Scorch Spitter isn't going to... I mean, that'd be pretty busted. Look at what... I was about to say, because in the Sacrifice... Jacuseth. Because I mean, if you're to throw her into like a historic, like like sacrifice deck, right? Yeah. With uh, with um, Mayhem Devil, Oof. where he deals one damage to any target whenever you sacrifice a permanent. Not only is she gaining loyalty yeah. counters, yeah, but when you deal one damage to the opponent, you just start dealing one damage to anything else because at the end of turn they're losing in seven additional health. Oh yeah, emblem, but it's combat damage, so that doesn't work. It seems like we've been reading, <laughs> misreading a lot of those cards that say like combat damage every time yeah. we read them. I feel, I feel like, I feel like Wizards when they were printing out this set, they had a lot of good ideas, but then they added like 
an extra tidbit of like text just to make like the ability trash. <laughs> I know, I know there's one in here. There, there's a wall in here where, um, it has, it has a, uh, a tap ability. I think, I don't know if it's a tap ability or if you just activate the ability, but it's a blue wall where I'm pretty sure if you pay four, what's one blue three of any color, mm-hmm. you either tap it or you don't, you just venture into the dungeon, which is actually pretty good. But it says you can only activate as a sorcery. <laughs> Which yeah. re- which really ruins just, that just just, co- just completely just destroys that it's, card. <laughs> it's just like I feel like they wanted to keep it a certain like you could really tell where these cards are from. Yeah. So you, you know if I ever pick up this planeswalker and go, wow, this is trash. This must be from Forgotten Realms, like you know. <laughs> like, it's just, I'm not I saying mean, Forgotten <laughs> Realms is bad, but like so far you're not hitting us with anything. Yeah. Good. You're taking away. That's literally. Does that not sound like a red card? What does? The emblem does that not sound like a red the like a red thing to do the black planeswalker emblem? yes yeah it does does that not yeah. sound like a red thing to do if it lost um, eight health well besides the eight health of. thing but like it does more damage yeah where i think it'd be like if you sacrifice a creature you do that much damage to the or like its power is what you do to them yeah kind of thing like stuff like that but maybe you know they want to be different but like overall it's just does not seem good yeah they had to add in combat damage yeah <laughs> if it was just damage well i guess if it was damage in general it'd be a lot more busted in my opinion oh but, I, but, the, but the max she's doing is only eight though so if you end up still yeah if you end up doing 10 damage like anywhere even if it's not combat damage she's not dealing any extra damage yeah because it's only if they have less than eight so at max they're losing now eight if it was just you deal turn, damage which and she does which like in a, my opinion for a five drop with a minus eight emblem I think that would be pretty good if they just got rid of the combat damage. You know what would be nastier, though? If it was, like, it's the difference of 8. So if you hit them for 20, it's the difference between 8 and 20 oh, that you deal dude. extra damage. God, that would be disgusting. That would be 12 yeah. extra damage on top of that. Yeah. And that thing has double strikes, so it's like, oh, cool. <laughs> They're going to hit twice for this. I mean, there are, there are different... I feel like the reason why they put combat damage on here is because, like... I mean, it can be abused... But it also seems like that's like the main thing for like, you know, D&D. It's a lot of interaction. Yeah, because it can be abused a lot if there wasn't any, if it was just damage. Yeah. You know, like like that example that I gave earlier with Mayhem Devil. Um, But I think the reason why they did that too is because aren't there cards out there where it's like if an opponent, there's a, like an enchantment, like a black enchantment out there where it's like if an opponent lost health this turn, they lose health equal to that amount. Oh, saying Like at bond. the end of the turn. I'm pretty sure that's how it is. If an opponent loses life, you lose. They lose life equal to all the lives uh, lost that way. Something like that. So, like, like um, so imagine if just imagine just dealing one damage anywhere, like like a shock damage, just one damage to an opponent. You have her emblem and that enchantment. They're losing seven additional health, so it's eight health in total. Then enchantment procs, it's additional eight health. I mean, it could it could get out of hand. One drop. For yeah, it it could it could get out of hand, but that's if you have this five drops planeswalker get their ultimate by having four of your creatures die. I mean, if it's a sacrifice deck, like my Corval deck, yeah. I easily could get it easily. Yeah. You have to, you have to, so turn five, best scenario, have her emblem, but then also have that enchantment on the field. So by turn six, well, I guess that is actually pretty good. Yeah. It's still turn not that six. good though. Yeah. Cause I know there, I know there ones. are a lot of pretty good decks out there with turn six. You can start popping off. So, uh, but it's, I don't know. I it, want you, I, to I me, it seems underwhelming. Like I don't, I wouldn't really be playing too it. Worried about it. Yeah. yeah. Well, the next card. This is all you, Robbie boy, and I am excited to see how you uh <laughs> say this. Zareal, Zareal, 
I said Zariel, kind of like an angel, like the angel name Zariel. Yeah, Zariel, Archduke of Avernus. I think it's Avernus. It looks like Avernus. I mean, let's go with that. Yeah. Um, looks like a she. Again, it's got tits. <laughs> you bitch. <laughs> um. Uh, it's a red planeswalker. It's a four drop, like the green one. Two red, two of any color. Uh, starts off with four loyalty, like the last two planeswalkers. <laughs> um, her plus one ability, creatures you control get plus one and gain haste until end of turn. That is really good. That is really good. Jack, who said you're just, now an eight seven with haste, just being able to give, damage. just being able to give all of your creatures an additional plus one and O and haste. Oh, gee, I thought it was target creature. Holy damn! No, I can see all creatures. <laughs> Holy yeah. damn! <laughs> yeah, I might just pick this planeswalker up when it comes out. Imagine uh, my Marisi deck, the one that has all those big creatures come out. Yeah, Craterfoot Behemoth. Oh, cool! Yeah. They all have haste. Or even, or even in the uh, uh, Kalia deck, whenever, uh, whenever whenever Kalia attacks, and you're putting all these dragons and angels on the field. If you have this planeswalker on the field, plus one, all of them gain haste now, and additional plus one. Plus well, they're seven. already tapping, attacking though, if I'm not mistaken. Are they? If I'm not mistaken, but go on about the card, and I'll tell you later on when I find out. Um, her next ability, uh, her loyalty ability is zero, so it doesn't minus doesn't plus at all. You create a one-one red devil creature token with when this creature dies, it deals one damage to any target. Great for sacrifice decks too. Really good for sacrifice decks. Yeah, it's literally the text reads for Kalia of the Vast flying. Whenever Kalia of the Vast attacks an opponent, you may put an angel, demon, or dragon card from among your hand onto the battlefield, tapped and attacking that opponent. Oh, okay. So it's pretty good. But anyways, as you were saying. Uh, but yeah, her seer ability, creating that 1-1 one, one token. When it dies, does 1 damage to any target. Really good for sacrifice decks. It was really good. Um, even her plus 1 ability could be good for sacrifice decks. If if your sacrifice outlet is a creature where it needs a tap to sacrifice, giving it haste, it could tap immediately to sacrifice. Corvold. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> Literally, as soon as Corvold hits the field, because he procs <laughs> once, because when he enters the battlefield, you have to do it. Yeah. And then I could do it again. To give him haste, attack the same turn. So that's two. That's two yep. procs, two cards. This thing is overall really good, yep. and he gets a plus one off of it. So yep. he's a five five, or he's a four four five five six six. Now he's a seven six with flying. Yep. I hit you, and I'll be like, "Yep." And then not not to mention its ultimate is ridiculous too. Let's hear it. Its ultimate. Uh, so you only have to use its plus one twice to be able to okay. activate okay. this. So it's a, so it's a minus six. You get an emblem with at the end of the first combat phase on your turn, untap target creature you control. After this phase, there's an additional combat phase. Really good. She really good. I'm grabbing her. <laughs> I'm not even lying. She's going into my Corvold deck. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. literally, tap with Corvold. If I have her emblem, literally, even if she's not on the field anymore, attack. The Corvold, like you know, does his little thing. I sacrifice, get him even higher, right? Yeah. Untap them. Guess what? There's another combat phase. I'm going to hit you again. That is 14 damage, roughly, depending on how much stuff I sacrificed before then. Because you've single-handedly seen me, what was it, when I got Corval to like 18 or yeah. like 19, but I needed like 20 to 21 damage. And I was like, oh, yeah. if only I had something. This would be the something that would be like, hey, after this phase, you're getting destroyed. <laughs> like, it's sorry, you lose. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I needed 20 damage. I'm hitting you for 38. <laughs> but yeah overall i think this might this is a really good card in my opinion it is it is just because no, of, the, the last three or or yeah i mean maybe we kind of underestimated it a little bit but well let's now we can keep going because i feel like these other two have a lot more to them yeah 
Yeah. So you ready to go so, to the next one? Yes, sir. Uh, next one is the White Planeswalker. And yes, I'm talking about the card color and the skin tone himself. <laughs> yeah. He's called the Grandmaster of Flowers. <laughs> this, this dude this dude actually is uh, white and has blonde hair. <laughs> he looks like Zac Efron. Does he? Yeah. To, me, to me, it reminded me of... Um, it's going to be very insensitive, but who was that dude in Fast and Furious that died? <laughs> talking about Paul Walker. There we go. He kind of when I first saw him, I was like, "Oh, that's I don't Paul think that's Walker. you being insensitive. I think that's just you not knowing who that is." <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I feel, I, maybe a lot of diehard fans might think that's insensitive. Like, I don't know who Paul Walker is. I'm sorry. Like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know I anything about politics, so people yell at me all the time. I'm like, I don't know what you're saying. I don't know. Like, I don't know what this means. Are you left or right? I'm ambidextrous. Like, <laughs> how did you not know Trey Gowdy's birthday was today? I don't even know who that is, bro. Like, <laughs> tell him happy birthday. He's dead. Then why are you mad? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyways, the Grandmaster of Flowers. He's a four drop, two of any color, two white. Also, he's, uh, is that his name? Is his name Bahamut? Because uh, you know, it's his so, legendary yeah. planeswalker. Bahamut. Yeah, because all the other ones have like their like names. names. Yeah. So anyways, his static ability is as long as Grandmaster of Flowers has seven or more loyalty counters on him, He's a 7-7 dragon god creature with flying and indestructible. He comes in with three, by the way, so you have to do this a couple times. He has no negative abilities, all pluses. Yeah, I was about to say, that, that's the thing about him, though. All of his abilities are plus, plus abilities. He doesn't have a negative one. His first one, target creature without first strike, double strike, or vigilance can attack or block until your next turn. Jeez. Your second one is search your library and or graveyard for a card named Monk of the Open Hand. Reveal it. Put it into your hand. If you search your library this way, shuffle. Now I have no idea what that is. Monk of Monk of the Open Hand. It is a card that came out in this set too. Obviously, uh, it's a creature. It's a one drop. So Monk. Of, so with this Planeswalker, um, you know, using its plus one, you're searching your library or graveyard for Monk of the Open Hand, which is a one drop white creature. Uh, it's an elf monk. And it has the ability Flurry of Blows. Whenever you cast your second spell each turn, put a 1-1 counter on Monk of the Open Hand. That's a creature? Mm-hmm. It's nice. a creature. So this, so this thing could just keep getting buffed. And then even when it dies, activating um, this Planeswalker's second plus one ability, you could get this from the graveyard and put it into your hand. I believe. Is it the hand or the battlefield? Pretty sure it's your hand. Your hand. Yep. Well, it, yeah, your hand. So, Yeah. Really good. Um, even his first plus one, too. Uh, it, it it won't be too... I don't think it would be too hard to get him to his uh, ultimate, where he's a 7-7 seven, seven dragon god with indestructible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, because his first plus one ability, too, is pretty oppressive. Where if, if there's... If you don't have any of those keywords. If you don't have any... If you don't have first strike, double strike, or vigilance, that creature can attack. See, the only thing I know that kind of seems like it kind of counters that is Audric. The one that gives you all the keywords during combat. So it's just yeah. like, yeah, I'm going to hit you now because I have every keyword. If the other creatures I have have keywords, uh, this card won't be good in commander. Uh, I think it's better off in standard yeah. for sure, because yeah. especially with the second plus one ability, have being able to have four copies of Monk of the Open Hand in your library. So I think personally, I think I would switch. I think red would be second best compared to this. Like white Maybe. would be third personally. In Probably. My just yeah, because red is ridiculous. Red, red, I think doesn't really have a place in standard as of now because there aren't really any good sacrifice decks using red right now in standard. But I mean, in commander or like historic, like like Croxa is a thing. 
but like oh is that the titan mm-hmm. yeah but rakdos sacrifice is nowhere near what it used to be well yeah because um, all those busted cars that came from war of the spark i still hate war of the spark <laughs> like i still hate war of the spark from throne of eldraine what do you mean it nah, was, no 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 war of spark no, had cauldron familiar with with uh are you talking about well, the witch's I mean, oven? I guess Ravnica too. I guess because Mayhem Devil was a thing, dude. But Devil and, Mayhem and, Devil, like they had priest, what was it? and Priest of the Forgotten Gods. What yeah, was that? What was that, that one card that was like a four drop? It was a Rakdos card. It was a four drop that destroys a Planeswalker, a land, or a Planeswalker artifact creature, and like something else for uh, four mana. You get to destroy one of each. I forget. <laughs> it was so dumb. <laughs> And of course, people, casualties of war where you get to destroy one of each type of permanent. <laughs> and of course, people were like, well, the card's bad because you need to destroy those targets. I'm like, I don't care. It's four mana for four things die. Yeah. <laughs> Why wouldn't you want it. that? Don't get me wrong, but devil's good. I run it in some of my decks, so shut up. Is that <laughs> hypocrisy? Yes, it is. <laughs> That's also Ravnica. <laughs> Ravnica came out with good cards, but yeah, well, the but spark pissed me Rakt- off. Ractor Sacrifice is nowhere near what it used to be. It's so like in standard white kind of out the white planeswalker kind of outdoes this red one but as the card alone i think the red one does have more synergies than the white one does because the white one kind of relies on the monk of the open hand yeah um which is a lot better in it's still a lot better in in, in, in in a format yeah it's it's a lot better it's a funny joke i should make there yeah (laughs) it's a lot better in a format where you could have four copies of any cards oh yeah it's it's still like in my opinion i think the red would probably be second best Probably. probably yeah we'll just flip those real quick it's just that static ability is so good being able to have a seven seven dragon of flying and indestructible dragon god dragon yeah dragon god of flying you, you, this dude bahamut has literally ascended himself to uh i call him eugene but his name is ugin ugin yeah. so uh eugene yeah, and his yeah. brother uh nickel bolas this, this this is their this is their stepbrother this is Bahamut. Their, this is no. This is their adopted brother. This is the one that they this, felt this, bad this, for. This is their adopted brother who was a refugee. Bahamut. Yeah, this is the one that they're like. He's like, hey guys, look, I can fly too. And they're like, yeah, look at you, buddy. You just jumped. That's flying. And then all of a sudden, he just ascended himself and, and you're like, became oh as my. powerful as them. Yeah, they're like, who's you? Or like, who are you? It's me, guys. It's Bahamut. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. What happened to a little white guy? <laughs> what happened to Paul Walker? <laughs> oh, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> He ascended and became a god. <laughs> There's a really dark joke to make there, but let's go yeah. on. Let's move. But anyways, the, uh, just on top of that static ability, because he becomes a 7-7 seven, seven dragon god creature. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. He's still a planeswalker. Oh, yeah. So he, you could swing for 7. That's indestructible each time with flying. But not only that, you could activate its, his loyalty ability still. You can still be oppressive with, with your endless amount of monks. You can still be oppressive by f- forcing your forcing the enemy creatures not to attack. Oh yeah. So I mean, like he's good, uh, probably on the same level as red, just like in standard. Yeah, yeah. That's not really switched, by that's itself. Switch red standard because yeah. red by itself gives everything plus one and haste. Like just that alone is ridiculous. <laughs> Given yeah. the creatures have to be on the battlefield for it to work. Still, it still yeah. looks at them and goes, "Oh, I mean for I mean for four drop by that point, you're gonna be able to get a lot of good creatures. Like if you, if that's if, if that's I can summon four, my commander and on the same turn give it haste plus one, that is ridiculous. But to still, me. turn four, turn five, like you're gonna have a lot of good creatures coming in that you want to have haste. Oh yes, Elder Gargaroth. Oh, easily, easily. We're always gonna bring that dude up. I mean, because Itali, Itali. I mean, we tell he's a six drop, but still, if you're playing green ramp, oh, do you say five and a five, five drop? Yeah, 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 because because the red one's a four drop. 
Yep. Elder four Gargaroth drop, is so good. Four drop, five drop, Elder Gargaroth. Questing Beast. Give it. Yeah, Questing I mean, Beast is a four drop, but still, still around around that same around like the four to the, I mean, Questing Beast already has haste. Oh, uh, but still, <laughs> plus one. <laughs> yeah, but hey, it's a five four. It's a four. Torbran. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Literally just anything after but turn yeah, four. But even in your Corval deck, turn four, play her. By, turn five. By, by, by turn five, you probably ramped up to the point where you could play. Because isn't Corval a six drop? Five. He's a five drop. So I think of that. Yeah, you keep you keep confusing <laughs> it with six. Because yeah. Sir Gwen is six. Oh, if I'm I keep, not like I, if, keep, I know I keep thinking Corvold is three any color and then because the remember because remember during one of our games you're like wait how much does he cost I thought he costed eight and I was like no he cost seven he cost five originally yeah which yeah. is like I'm only gonna cast him maybe twice during a game because it's really hard yeah he's a five drop whereas Sir Gwen is a six drop yep for good reason in my opinion because it's <laughs> yeah. so absurd but anyways besides that uh we're gonna move on even to then you could you could even put that red planewalker in your knight's deck too with Sir Gwen. Give everything haste. Oh, dude, a plus one on top of all the stupid equipment I have yeah. in that thing. Give everything haste too. <laughs> Colossal hammer. Guess what? You now have haste with it. You're never gonna get flying. You get trample too because of this other sword. So now you're a 48, 48. Scratch that. 49. 48. But but guess what? I have her emblem. So there's an additional combat after this. <laughs> so you're getting hit for like 40, <laughs> like 96 damage. <laughs> All right, let's jump to the next one because we have a very short amount of time left before this episode ends yep. unless you want to take a break and then jump back into it with the blue one. Uh, I'll do the blue one real quick and then we'll jump back into it with the with the uh, commanders. commanders yeah. right. So uh, the blue one, uh, Mordenkainen is his name. He is a six drop for good reason. He is a two blue, four of any color. Uh, Legendary Planeswalker, Mordenkainen. He is a, a loyalty five starting off. Uh, his plus two, you draw two cards, then put a card from your hand on the bottom of your library, which is really good. You're digging too deep, and if there's a card in your hand that you don't really like, if it's like a land card and you're out of, and if you're if you're out of land, if uh, or if you have a lot of land, um, if you know if if you have interaction that you don't really need anymore, just get rid of it. Uh, his minus two, you create a blue dog illusion creature token with this creature's power and toughness are each equal to the twice. The number of cards in your hand. Which, if you're playing blue, you can easily get a lot of mm -hmm. cards. Mm -hmm. By turn six. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This thing could be a 14-14 easily. Then Just negative 10. Negative 10. If you could somehow get it to his ultimate. Exchange your hand and library. Then shuffle. You get an emblem with you have no maximum hand size. So you can have, a, a, say, a 48-card hand. That dog in the Lord that of Extinction, the Lord of Extinction would go at it. That dog is now what? That's what, 80, 96, 96? Yeah, because it's twice. <laughs> yeah. But imagine that, though. Imagine you have that many cards <laughs> to where the Lord of Extinction, which counts all cards in all graveyards, yeah. is like a 48-48, and you have a 48-48 dog. This big old creature, like this Leviathan-looking thing, a little tiny Pomeranian's just like, woof. Not to, <laughs> not to mention in Zandikar too. They came out with the, um, uh, what is it, restoration of the, uh, uh, whatever man, that one is. I, I, I forget what it was. Yep. Seagate restoration. Restoration, or is, restoration yeah, of the Seagate. Yep. I, forget, I forget. Something like that. I think it's it restoration Seagate. Yeah. But restoration of the Seagate, you draw cards equal to the number of cards in your hand plus one. So if you have five cards in hand, you're drawing six. And it gives you no maximum hand size. This is a sorcery. Um, so you can have that. Drawing all these cards have no maximum hand size already. Have a big dog, 
and then exchange your hand and library. I mean, your library will still be pretty big having, you know, maybe like a 15, 20 card library while the rest of your library is in your hand, like 30, 40 cards. I mean, we have about roughly a minute if you want to take a break and then yeah, come back to it. It's, it's insane. Um, overall really good. It's good card draw. So if we had to, if we had to give it down to like the five, the worst being green, then, then black, black, then white, white, then red, red then blue. Yep. So, all right. Kind of surprising. Red's up there though. <laughs> yeah. Like red and white aren't the worst ones. Green <laughs> of all colors is the worst one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but for good reason, I guess. But yeah. Yeah. So next we'll be jumping into the commanders. So it should be roughly about the same length, if not a little bit shorter, because you know we're gonna have like the same ideas. Guarantee you're gonna hear one of our favorite red cards that we always talk about in every single like episode that we've been together on. But we'll get there when we get there. So we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. We took a little break there. And uh, so for this next part, we're going to just basically explain the commanders of the four decks. It's not five, surprising. It's just four, which is nice. Oh. And we're going to give it like a really quick rundown. So we're not going to go through the entire deck. That'll be the next part we do, where we go back to each commander and then we'll like break it down. Yeah. So right now we're just going to read because the Because there are so a lot of good cards within yeah. these decks that came out you know, like with these decks, they weren't like reprints or anything. There are new cards that came mm -hmm. out with these decks. So uh, there are a lot of other good cards. Yeah. So let's get right into it. The first one is a Rakdos card. It's Prosper Tomebound. It's four drop, two of any color, and one Rakdos, which is one black, one red. Legendary creature, Tifling Warlock. Has Death Touch. It's a one four. Mystic Arkhamum. Is that what it says? Arkhamun? I think it's Arkhamum. Arkhamun, either way. Uh, at the beginning of your end step, exile the top card of your library. Until the end of your next turn, you may play that card. The second ability is Pact Boom. Whenever you play a card from exile, create a treasure token. So, uh, yeah, if you have a lot of cards that are exiling things, and you're playing them from exile, yeah. Itali would be a monster in this. Mm -hmm. Oh, that'd be mm -hmm. disgusting. Um, but he, but even just his, uh, his static ability at the beginning of the end step, exile the top card of your library until the turn. Until the end of your next turn, you may play that card. Yeah, so it's that's pretty good. It, it's pretty much card draw in a sense. But um, it, it would be kind of gross though if it was you can pay it without or play without paying its mana cost. Yeah, that'd be. That'd, I mean, it would be but, instant removal. But I mean, yeah, it would be. Um, he's only a four drop though, so good reason. Um, but so, yeah, no, it's pretty much card draw in a sense because you're just you're getting one card deeper at at the end of your turn, and you're able to play that card until, until your next, next turn. turn. Yeah, because if you if you exile land. Right until the end of your next turn, you play it. You at the beginning of your next upkeep. What if you draw a non-land? Right, you can play that land. You get a treasure token because of the ability. So it's essentially ramp too. Um, and then now you have that non-land card. And then say at the beginning of, the, of that of that, yeah, at the same at the beginning of that same end step, as another card. You know, maybe it's a land card again, just more treasure tokens, or even if it's a non-land card, like it's it's pretty good. Yeah, it, it, get, yeah. it gets it gets you one card deeper, and it'll it actually it it'll actually have a lot of. I think it'll have a pretty big effect. I think oh, it's pretty same, good. Same. Whenever you play a card from Exile, create a treasure token. That's there's good too. there's gonna be a lot of cards that even like easily you can like put into it, like yeah, to make it better to Exile cards. But yeah, that's not what we're here to talk about. There, there's there's a card in this deck. We'll, we'll explain it later later on. But there's a card in this deck where you exile. A card, pretty much from your from your opponent's okay, libraries, uh, libraries, and you're able to cast that card for free. 
Well, for each one that you're casting for free, you're creating a treasure. Time. I just realized if you can't let's let's skip that. Go. I was gonna say I'm gonna go way too deep with what I just what I just came up with. <laughs> okay. And and just to let you know, I'm not gonna tell you either when we get the podcast off because I want your genuine reaction to what I just like figured out. <laughs> okay. That's gonna be dumb. Okay. So, anyways, we're gonna jump right to the next one. Which uh, what is that combination? This character has. Uh, I for is that soul tie? No, soul tie is uh blue green black. This one. is uh blue green white. You want to look that up for me? Yeah, I got you while you're talking. Uh, so this is uh Galia, Kindler of Hope. She is one of any color, um, then one green, one white, one blue. I forget what the color combination is. Uh, Damien would get get on it for you here. She's a four drop, a four four with vigilance. You may look at the top card of your library anytime. That's different from playing with the top card of your library revealed, because if the top card of your library is revealed, everybody at the table gets to see it. So what's the color combination? It's uh, called Bant. Bant. Okay. Bant. So one of any color, one Bant combination, which is green, white, blue, like you said. And yep. as you're saying, so four man in total, four four vigilance. You look at the top card of your library anytime. What's Leo saying? It's different than playing with the top card of your library revealed. Because the top card of your library revealed, like say uh, Bolasa Citadel, yep. when that's on the field, you play with the top card. You play with the top card of your library revealed. Um, everyone at the table gets to see what that is. This you get to look at the top card of your library anytime. That's not revealed. Only you get to see it. Are able to see that top card. You may cast aura and equipment spells from the top of your library, which is really good. That's pretty much an extra card in your hand at all times. Um, when you cast an equipment spell this way, it gains when this equipment enters the battlefield, attach it to target creature you control. That's really good because there are artifacts out there. Like say, uh, what was it? Is it war? What Colossus hammer? Uh, I like how you start off with what or uh, war, and then you I, I, came I up to the conclusion of Colossus war hammer. Yeah, no, uh, that's basically what that is. That is a that's a war and or hammer. Yeah. <laughs> that is what that is. Uh, but there's artifacts that are like Colossus hammer, where it's a one drop, but its equip cost is eight. But it gives and it gives your creature a ten ten. But you um, lose flying, but you can regain it through other cards. Uh, you can't gain it either. No, that's because uh, remember when we asked the guy, you just lose flying. It doesn't I say you because remember, there's cards that physically say you can't gain flying. Okay. Like there's equipment that physically will tell you you can't gain something. Oh, okay. Because that's what he said. He goes, "Oh no, you can have flying if you have something that gives it flying." But for example, he said, uh, "If you have an enchantment on it already that gives a creature flying, and you put uh, the hammer onto it." It'll lose the flying part of the enchantment, but still have like you know the three three oh, yeah. or two two Good whatever. Creature gets plus ten plus ten and loses flying. Yeah, because the only reason I know that too is because of the archetypes. Like this, create all your creatures have death touch. All opponents' creatures can have death touch and can't get death touch. Yeah, yeah. If the equipped, yeah, here the rulings of Colossus Hammer. I just looked it up. If the equipped creature gains flying after Colossus Hammer became attached to it, it will keep flying. Yep. So it's just but, if that's why you have to play Colossus Hammer at the right time. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, so with. Glee on the field, say the top card is Colossus, is Colossus Hammer. Yep. Being a one drop, you could easily play that. As soon as it enters the battlefield because of her ability, since you played it off the top card of your library, you can equip it to a creature you control. So that creature gets a 10-10 immediately. So there's a lot of good there's a lot of good combinations with this with this um, commander. Is it Akrama's aid? Seaguard is aid. Seaguard is aid. I was thinking pretty of Akrama's will. Yeah, this yeah. Is, it's pretty much Seaguard is aid. But now it's another card that can do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. You can have two of those cards. Ooh, that's kind of an interesting thing, though, because blue and green and white. Mm -hmm. I'm usually thinking of, like, red and green, usually, yeah. with the it's just, it's like, it's just It's limited to what's on top of your library. But still, if you're looking it's at... It's still pretty if, good. If you're able to look at the top card of your library, every, like, each time, it's pretty much... It is pretty much Seaguard is aid, in a sense, because you're able to look at the top card of your library anytime. Can you look at the top card of your library... 
in so response got, to mass card draw? Like, if you were to draw, like, seven cards, can you, like, look at the top card of your library? It says any time. In between each card draw? Any time would be, I think, of a time of instance. But usually, but instance can't usually disrupt card draw, like, in the middle of it. That's what I'm saying. It'd only be at instant speed. So, like, before you, like, draw nine cards, you can be like, all right, I'm going to look at it beforehand. But it says any time. Yeah, but I don't think you can do it as you're drawing cards. Yeah, you know of, how busted that be to go one, two. I don't like this third card, so I'm not gonna it. like. Yeah, <laughs> maybe we can see when the ruling come out because that does make yeah. sense. But I don't think so. I want to say it's at instant speed. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, it, it is it, in my opinion, it's a worse version of Cigar's Aid, but for good reason because it's it's a creature body with vigilance. Yeah, um, with a permanent scry one kind of. <laughs> But yeah, it's it, it's good. It's really good. Um, and you're able to play auras from it too, not just artifacts. Artifacts gain the gain the best value out of it because you know usually there's a lot of good artifacts where like the only thing that holds it back is their equip cost. But with her on the field, that just kind of negates it. Uh, but you're able to cast auras too, which um, is really good because if you're running a lot of auras and and equipment. Um, then you're able to just keep playing things off the top of your library without having to really worry. Um, this could also be a relatively good Voltron commander. That's what I was thinking from the way it's looking so far. Except except for the fact that uh, it doesn't have like ward or hexproof. So like as soon as it enters a battlefield, if it's just if it just, just keeps there. if if it just keeps getting spot removal, you know, like if it just keeps getting hated on, so like you don't have the chance to do anything to Voltron it, then. It kind of sucks, but there are green and blue cards that will that can give your like auras that can give your creature hexproof. Yep. There's even equipments out there I could guarantee you give give your creatures hexproof. It's just the fact that it doesn't have hexproof by itself. It could easily just die to spot removal, instant speed before he could even pop off. So like, it's not the best Voltron commander, but it could be Voltron too. Oh yeah, pretty easy. So we're gonna move on to the next commander. This one has a lot of talk coming around it, but we're not gonna talk too deeply about it until we get to you know <laughs> the actual uh. commander decks. Ooh, it's called Vrondis, Rage of Ancients. It is a five drop, three, and one gruel. So gruel is one red, one green. He's a legendary creature, dragon barbarian, which sounds dope. Enrage. It's a five four uh, with the ability Enrage. Whenever Vrondis, Rage of Ancients is dealt damage, you may create a five four red and green dragon spirit creature token. That's a lot. With this creature deals, when this creature deals damage, sacrifice it. Whenever you roll one or more dice, you may have Vrondis deal one damage to itself. Yep. Easily. So, you can... The only thing I could think of <clears throat> right now, even if you're not rolling dice, you can just give this creature, like, some enchantment or make it, like, a 9-9 nine -nine or something and just hit it, <laughs> like, four or five times. You easily have 20 to 25, like, power now. Yeah. And there's other yep. cards that buff up dragons, which... He's a dragon. There are there are a lot of good cards that go in combination with this, though. Um, the first thing I thought of when I read this card Want, hold on, real was quick. Tear of the Peaks. Yes. That was the first thing I thought of. Yes. But real quick, on three. One, <laughs> two, three. Dracuseth. The reason I say that, real quick, sorry to cut you off, but real quick, <laughs> because he attacks. Yeah. He does seven, four, three and three amongst two other people yeah he could do three two i can you can hit him yeah you could do three two rondas yeah yeah yep. oh and if you had rhythm of the wild yep oh 
You're getting hit with like 10 damage. I'm it's doing the damage. Grape Shot. Grape Shot does one damage. I'm playing one spell, then Grape Shot. Hitting him twice. That's on the field. Just, Two, just five, the, the only thing is, uh, the thing that I wish these tokens had was flying, but they don't. They're just 5-4 green dragon spirit creature tokens. That is kind of weird, yeah. They don't have flying. I wish they did, but it, it, this card is still really That should just be an all-time thing. A dragon should have flying. Yeah, well, like, but, but but he's this is a dragon barbarian. And he's oh, pretty, he's probably and, making dragon like he's, spirit barbarian looking things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's he's rage of ancients. Yeah, so that makes it, sense. It, like it, he's it's calling pretty, upon it's his ancients. Like his, uh, because because you guys can't see this card. He's a dragon barbarian, so he's he doesn't have wings. He's just kind of like a humanoid. I don't know if you character. see that. There's two giants behind him. Yeah, I'm pretty sure those are the ancients. <laughs> I'm pretty sure those are the spirits. <laughs> oh my lord! If those are the, you're dead. <laughs> No, but um, this uh, this dragon barbarian, the way this character looks, he's pretty much humanoid with just like a dragon head. He doesn't have wings or anything. He has like you, you know, he's bipedal, walks on two feet, has two arms. He's holding an axe. Um, <laughs> he's just holding his so, ass. So I'm pretty sure it's like it's pretty it's pretty much like his uh like his uh his ancestors, pretty much because they're summoning into five four red and green dragon spirit creature tokens. So I'm pretty sure uh they're just kind of like his ancestors in a sense. So they don't. So they don't have flying, but still, um, this card is still really good because of cards like um, Tear of the Peaks. Tear of the Peaks is a five-drop dragon, um, and it, it reads. Uh, uh, it has a lot of text on it. I know it has flying on it. Um, I'm pretty sure one of the other abilities that it has. I can look it up for you real quick. Yeah, I know one of the other abilities that it has it has something to do with uh, opponents not being able to like pay life as like an additional cost or something like that. Um, for spells or whatever or no they have to oh no they have to pay three life in order to in order to uh target yep. tear the peaks with with because it's spell yeah That's it's, what it was it's a five drop three generic two red so one red one red five fourth flying spells your opponents cast uh that target terror of the peaks cost an additional three uh life to cast whenever another creature enters the battlefield you chill terror of the peaks deals damage equal to the creature's power to any target yeah so what if I am that target? <laughs> yeah. Which so, is probably the main game, like the main name of the game here. So, with Verandas on the field, if you can somehow proc his ability, like his range uh, enrage ability, uh, to summon in a five four dragon, uh, with Tear the Peaks on the field, Tear the Peaks is dealing an additional five damage to any target, which would preferably be face, um, because you know a five four dragon into the battlefield, and then this five four dragon is, um. You can attack with it because it doesn't have a haste, does it? Yeah, no, it doesn't. Nope. Um, this five four dragon you can also attack for it, so it's it's potentially ten damage each time these dragons are entering the battlefield. Um, but there's also other combos out there. Um, you could give Rondis indestructible. Um, there's multiple cards out there where whenever a creature enters the battlefield, deals you know it's damaged to any target. Um, there's an enchantment that's like a six drop. Um, I forget what it's called, but it's pretty much the same thing as Tear the Peaks, except this enchantment makes the creature deal the damage instead of Tear the Peaks is dealing the damage. So when so with this enchantment on the field, when these creatures into the battlefield and you know they deal its damage to any target, you have to sacrifice it just because of the text of Rondis. But if you have this, if you have that enchantment and Tear the Peaks on the field and your commander's indestructible you have an infinite loop that just guarantees you the win. Um, 
you know, you just, you, you somehow proc his enrage ability, get that five, four on the field, uh, the enchantment and tear the peaks trigger you, you know, target any target with tear the peaks, sit perfectly face, uh, target your commander with the other enchantment deals five damage to your commander, your commander procs again. And because your commander is indestructible, he doesn't die. Um, That'd be just, it's so gross thinking about it. Like just seeing like one turn, you have 96. Yep. They all have haste. Guess what? I'm attacking with all of them. Well, in response, like just yeah. you imagine, wipe your board, huh? Wipe, exile everything. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, a lot of mana to be able to have to pull that off. I mean, because I mean, the commander itself was five damage. To be able to give it indestructible is at most four, three to four uh, mana. Why did I say damage? Five mana. If there was a creature that got hit for that much, and it's like, <laughs> oh, once it gets hit for three or four, it then gets indestructible. Yeah. So I'm going to play a three, three. Three damage to him. He has indestructible now. It's like cool, <laughs> awesome. Um, but no, the commander itself is is five mana. Um, to give it indestructible, three to four mana. Uh, tear the peaks is five mana. That other enchantment that I mentioned, I'm pretty sure was like six mana. So it's it's a, it, it takes a long time to set up a combo like that, but it has potential for an infinite combo that it just guarantees you the win pretty much. And if unless your opponents have, um instant speed removal but if you don't it's just it's game over you, you can literally take out your whole table with this combo but the fact that it also has access to green means you have access to ramp so you can get this combo earlier on in the game it's 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 a good card yeah, it's a good card oh, um, yes. even even if you don't have that combo even if you just have terror of the peaks on the field each time these dragons are entering the battlefield dealing five damage to any target and because of the wording of Tear of the Peaks, Tear of the Peaks is the one that does the damage, not the creature. So you're not sacrificing these tokens. So then you have the possibility of being able to attack with these 5-4 creatures to get in for even more damage. Um, I know there's even cards out there like Fire Emancipation that triples the damage oh, whoa, whoa, of any whoa, whoa, source. On, now, you're, now you're getting kind of deep into the <laughs> like the lore here. We don't want to go too deep into what we're coming up with. It's just, it's just the, the potential of this commander is insane out of all the commanders that are coming out with these with this preset this one is definitely the best um um even within its own deck when we go over the decks with you guys later on even within its own deck this deck is really good um but even if you deconstruct this deck and make your own around it um it's just it will be a powerhouse so i don't think it'll be one of those kill on site commander Uh, well it might be. I mean, if you have indestructible on it, you like everyone just keeps hitting it with her damage. I'm like, yeah. Well, sorry. It, it might. It might end up being one. Of I'm those. definitely stealing. I'm like, I'm gonna buy that commander deck, and I'm stealing cards from it. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I spoiled some of the cards for me, but I'm not gonna yeah. say what they are. But I'm definitely I'm buying that deck just to steal the cards. Well, from you're it. just doing research for the future podcast. <laughs> I mean, yes, that is true. But like, <laughs> I'm definitely taking cards. It's not stealing if it's my property. Yeah. So I'm just gonna be taking cards. You're out just of deconstructing deck. it. Because yeah. there are some cards I know for a fact I can add to this deck and make it so much. Mm. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to buy two two of these decks, maybe even three depending on how much I like these cards. But um, I'm not buying this third one for sure. For sure, two. What, you mean the last one? Yes. Oh, because I, the third one was yeah. yeah the third <laughs> one was Ron. Yeah, this is the third one. Um, no. Uh, yeah, we're gonna have to buy two of these just because we're gonna be giving one as a gift to one of our beloved friends. Um, he he's pretty tight on money just because the way his life is and uh he's been teasing he's, he, he he gets into magic and he really enjoys it it's just he's his cards are kind of underpowered compared to what we can we're buy. like what we're repping like yeah. we're not like we're not saying like he can't compete with us we're just saying he struggles a lot more 
because yeah. he has won games. Given they're like you know, Masker Girl is always going to be the best play he had. Real short story: he played Masker Girl once, killed our entire like our entire board. Everything died. Yeah, nothing. Here's the thing: nothing would have died, but we had someone who was making one one tokens. Yeah, so they would keep proccing everything. So we're like, okay, whatever. So then you know, everyone got their boards back. We're getting pretty nice, and he just goes, "Huh, pretty cool." He plays Rise Again, grabs Masker Girl because Masker Girl got killed on one of their turns, slaps her right back on the field. I was like, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's, um, I'm really glad that this deck is as strong as it is because I think, I think he'll enjoy it. But moving on so, to the next one. Moving on to the last one. Um, this last one I think is pretty fun. Well, definitely not my favorite out of all of them. Um, Verondis easily is. He's just he's so good. Has such a lot of he's a lot of potential. But um this one I think will be a lot of fun. Um uh Sephiroth of the Hidden Ways. She is one Esper to cast, which is just uh white, blue, black. So she's a three mana, she's a two-three. Uh her abilities read whenever one or more creature cards are put into your graveyard from anywhere, venture into the dungeon. This ability triggers only once each turn. Um, kind of underwhelming, the fact that it only triggers once each turn, but for good reason, because if you're playing a self-mill deck, which this is, most likely will be, um, each time a creature is like going into your graveyard, you'd be able to venture to the dungeon, go into multiple rooms, possibly complete a dungeon within one turn. And the reason why that could be a problem is because of her second ability, create undead. Whenever you complete a dungeon, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. So if you were milling a lot, you ended up milling, you know, like say like five times, you know, you complete a dungeon. One of those creatures is just a powerhouse. Turn four, you just have this seven, seven demon thing on the field. Um, so for good, it's good reason that, that it only triggers once each turn because if it but was multiple times you could easily if, if it like, was one time for each creature entering the graveyard from your library um from anywhere uh if it's if it's for each creature that enters your you know graveyard from anywhere i mean you could complete a dungeon like that and one of those creatures could easily be something huge so like turn four having just this massive thing on the field that's like possibly game winning there's a reason why it only triggers once each turn Cause that would, yeah, like you said, it'd be pretty gross. Yeah, I, like this is the deck. If I were to buy them, I wouldn't buy this one. Yeah, personally, because like I don't know, it just doesn't seem all that fun to me. Because I feel like I can make a better I, black deck that does the same thing, but for a lot cheaper. You definitely can. You, there's definitely a lot better self mill decks out here or out there. Um, but I don't know. She's like one of the, in my opinion, I think she's actually like the first. I could be wrong about this, but I think she's like the first commander in like blue black that actually benefits from self mill. Maybe because I think there might have been one or two cards recently. I know like, there's a lot of blue past. I know there's a lot of blue black cards that mill opponents, but there's not really a lot to do like self milling. Um, but anyways, I, th I think it'd be fun. It's because. Uh, um just I, I don't know like being able to like cheat creatures onto the field by completing dungeons through self-milling it's just a different way to attack the game in general um and then not to mention 
you know, being able to cheat these big creatures in potentially. Um, not to mention the fact that you're also gaining the value off of the dungeons. You know, each room when you venture to the dungeon gives you something valuable. Like you could scry one here, draw a card here, create a treasure token here. Um, it's just, it's, you're gaining some value off of this. It's just, she's, uh, I think she is a little too slow. Just a little bit. But I feel like there's, fun. I, I feel like there is cards though. Cause like we've seen them that like venture into a dungeon. You don't have to use her ability. Yeah, true. So like you can be, you can play like two use, cards. You use her ability and then play another creature that like enters battlefield to venture into the dungeon. That's true. Cause it's whenever you complete a dungeon, not necessarily through her ability, whenever you just complete a dungeon through any means, you could, you could move a creature from the graveyard to the battlefield. I don't know. She, depending on, depending on what cards are in her deck and depending on what cards you can end up putting into the deck, she could actually be pretty good. So, yeah, those are the uh, four commanders. Uh, overall, Vrondis is definitely the best, has the most potential. I don't know. The, ra- be, the Rakdos one is... a lot of damage. The Rakdos one is really good, too. Um, the Rakdos one seems like it's going to be very well. Yeah, the Rakdos could be really good, too. It's just the... Ra- well, well, I mean, I guess you're creating treasure tokens because he, he, could, he could be a generation for a uh, sacrifice deck. Pretty much. Like, it seems like he would be really nice. Because you can... He's like one of those commanders where you can physically put it into any other deck and be fine. Like, personally. Yeah, you can. Because you could put him, like, say, in a Golos deck. Yep. Yep. Because you could put him in... Maybe Corbold? Cascade deck. I mean, Golos does Cascade, but I know there's, like, like a commander out there that's, like... Cascades? Yeah, that just Cascades. So, putting him in a Cascade deck. So, uh, yeah, would you say the next part... Would be when we break the kind of like the mm, things down. Yeah. So next. did you did you want to like talk about the lands first, get those out of the way, then do commanders? Uh, do lands now? No, 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 no. Next episode. Next episode. Next yeah. episode. Yeah, we can. There's there's a there's a land for each color that came out in the standard set. Um, they're pretty good. They're uh, they come in untapped. You mm-hmm. know, you, you tap it to add one mana of whatever color, but then they, every single one of them has a secondary ability for their respective colors and they're actually some of them some of them are bad but some of them are actually really good um so yeah we'll uh we'll talk about those two we'll we'll probably talk about the lands first uh next time we get together and then we'll talk about the rest of these um commander decks because there is a lot to go through with these commander decks so uh yeah with that uh now overall we'll see you in the next episode and uh i'll catch you next time you decide to queue up